0: So we're gonna get into the word with a message that I have entitled, um, Daily Bread. So I ask that, uh, wherever you may be right now, just say that and say, Daily Bread. And we're gonna be reading from the book of Matthew, chapter six, verse 11. It's a small verse, but we're gonna read this. It says, give us today our daily bread. It's a very small verse. And that's pretty much all it says, is give us today our daily bread. And um, one of the things we remember is that uh, uh, the disciples, they, when Jesus was here on this earth, the disciples walked with Jesus. They lived with Jesus for three years, right? So everywhere he went, everything he said, they saw how he lived. They saw who he was. And disciples, they would see how Jesus would pray. And they knew that Jesus prayed on a daily basis, and they could hear his prayers as well. And uh, they knew that Jesus did not pray like the religious leaders of that time. The religious readers, uh, leaders of that time would repeat their prayers over and over again. Jesus didn't pray like them at all. His prayers were very different, and it got the attention of his disciples. You know, they noticed that when Jesus prayed, his prayers were personal. Personal. They were intimate, and it was an intimate time, personal time, that Jesus had when he prayed with God the Father. So they saw this. So the disciples, they they seeing this, they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. You know, we see that the, the way you pray is totally different to teach us how to pray the way you pray. And Jesus begins to teach them how to pray. And he teaches them through uh, uh by by an example, a prayer, an example, and we have come to know this prayer example as the Lord's prayer. That's how we know it. And uh, but when Jesus gave them this pattern, this prayer for them to to pray, this uh, when He's teaching them, Jesus never meant He didn't mean for them to pray it word for word. That was not the intention of it. It was meant to be a pattern, as a pattern to be prayed. In other words, uh, it was uh, uh, Jesus told them. Pray in this manner, in this way, in this manner. This is a pattern. This is an outline, not a word-for-word word type of thing, but it's a it's a pattern. I pray in this manner, in this pattern. Uh, and and this particular outline, this prayer, what we know as the Lord's Prayer, it has different elements within it, and and it has an element of worship, it has an element of identification, an element of forgiveness of sins, an element of forgiving others, an element of uh, of protection and, uh, uh, you know, uh, of uh, uh, from temptation as well. It has an element of petition as well, of requesting, of a prayer request. So it has different elements within this pattern, within this outline. And I believe that in this, uh, Jesus, he reveals many key points that are important to us that we can all grab and get a hold of and we can use this and we can learn from it, you know, um, the first thing we need to look at, of course, is uh, in this is we have to come to an understanding or understand who we are praying to. Who are we petitioning from? Who are we making the prayer requests to for our needs? And we know that the, the Lord's prayer begins with our Father. So Father is the one who has identified his God, the Father, our King. That's who we pray to. Is God the Father. So the petition is being made to him. Here in verse 11, it is a petition because it begins with the word give. We're saying give. So it, it, since we're saying give, that means we're asking something. We're asking something from God the Father. That's what we're doing. If we were to define the word give, the word give um, means to supply. It means to furnish to grant, to bestow, to confer. And all of these words, all of these different words, uh, 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 they're done without compensation. You get, In other words, giving is free, not with uh, no compensation. Uh, the request that when you say give, that's how this verse begins, give. That request of saying give implies something. It implies our dependence on who? On, on God for the provision of all that we need. It's it, it, why? Because we have to understand who we're praying to. we're praying to God the Father, to the King. So when we're asking him to give, it demonstrates our dependence on God the Father for what we need for that day. That's what we're requesting. and it's important to understand that that's what we're doing. we're petitioning, we're asking give, we're not buying. we're asking. You see, the story is told that one winter day a poor woman, um, widow woman stood at the window of of a king's conservatory or or a a greenhouse and looking at a cluster of grapes, she was seeing that which she longed to have for her sick child that she had. She went home to her spinning wheel so that she can begin to earn some money and she earned some money and she offered it to the gardener for the grapes. And um, he waved his hand when he came to offer, she came to offer, he waved his hand and hoarded her away, as if to say it's not enough. She returned to her cottage, to her home, and she snatched the blanket from her bed. She went and she pawned it, and once more asked the gardener to sell her the grapes. This time she was offering him more money. Wanting to buy the grapes from the, from the gardener. But the gardener, he spoke furiously at her, to her, and was turning her out. And uh, when the princess came, she heard the man yelling, saw the woman's tears, and she asked, What was wrong? What's, good? What's the problem? When the story was told to the princess, the princess said, My dear woman, you have made a grave mistake. You see, my father is not a merchant, but a king. His business is not to sell, but to give. You see, so she plucked the cluster of grapes from the vine, and she dropped them into the woman's apron. And how true that is of us with our heavenly king. You see, likewise, we do not try to buy from our king the things that we need. We're not supposed to try to buy these things we need, but rather... We just need to ask. Why? Because it is in His nature to give us all that we may ever need. That's his nature. As our king, it's in his nature not for us to sell things to, but for him to just to give. And the only thing that, that is, is required of us is to ask is the only thing. You see, our heavenly Father is not a merchant that we can bargain with in order uh, to get our needs met. That's not who he is. He wants us to ask for our needs to be met. That's all he requires. Jesus uh, said in, in, in Matthew 6, 8, you know, your father knows what you need before you ask him. But you know, he, he, still, he still wants us to ask him anyway. Even though he knows what our needs are, he wants us to ask. And you might think, well, why would he do that? Well, it's not because he is being prideful. It's not because he's prideful, but rather because he desires a relationship with us. He desires to have a relationship with us. He wants to give us everything that we need. We just need to ask him. He will not hold back anything. He won't hold back from supplying any of your needs. He won't hold back from supplying any of our needs. That's not who he is. He's a giver. And we see throughout the uh, the Bible, through His Word, that God demonstrates that He's a giver in everything that He does. He's constantly giving, so He will not hold back. All that's required, once again, is that we have to ask. Jesus Himself said in Matthew chapter seven, verses seven and eight. He said, "Ask, and it will be given you; seek, and you will find; knock, and the door will be opened to you." Why? Because for everyone who asks receives he who seeks finds and to him who knocks the doors the door will be opened you you see in this verse something interesting and um there's three actions that we can see here ask seek and knock and i say actions because this requires something on our part we are the ones who have to do the asking we are the ones who have to do the seeking We are the ones who have to do the knocking. That's our part. It's an act on our part. Something we have to do. And the part that God plays is what? The giving we receive from Him. The finding from the seeking. The opening of the door from the knocking. God does the opposite. You see, we do an action, and then there is a response to that action that comes from God. But the action has to come from us first. That's why Jesus said, Ask. All you have to do is ask. And Jesus begins the prayer that he's teaching the disciples. You know, uh, in verse 11, he says, This is how you're going to ask give. Give us today our daily bread. Give. So Jesus is teaching us it's okay to ask, it's okay to come to our Heavenly Father and say, Give. Why? Because we, what we're showing, what we're demonstrating, is our dependence on Him. And that's what He wants. It, and all we have to do is ask. You see, asking is such a simple act on our part. It's a simple act. When we ask, we demonstrate our dependence on Him. And uh, when we say, give us, when we're telling Him, give us, we are asking. That's what we're doing. And all that is required on our part when we ask is to ask in faith. That's what uh, Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22. Jesus said, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you what? If you believe, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So here, here's the action again, the action you have to ask. In prayer, you have to ask who? Ask the Heavenly Father. And if you ask him, and if you believe what you're asking for, then you're going to receive it. That's what Jesus is telling us here. So we have to, in other words, that's why the Bible says when it talks about faith, it is impossible to please God without faith. You can't ask him to give you if you're not going to believe he's going to give you. You have to believe you're going to receive what you're asking for. So if you believe, you can receive it. The, the, the verse we're reading on Matthew 6 11 says, give us, the next part of that word, give us. You know, if you notice, the petition is expressed in a plural sense. It doesn't say, give me. It says what? Give us. Give us. So then that means it's evidently, therefore, intended to be used by more than one person or by some community of people. Or we can say by, the, by God's children, by God's people. Jesus was demonstrating all of my children, all of God's people, all of us believers can come to him and ask. It's part of something that all of us can do that we are to ask. Give us, us. See, the Lord's Lord's prayer, the beginning of this prayer uh, begins with the word, our Father. Much like give us. Meaning we have, you know, when we say our father, what this means is that we have something in common. You and I have something in common when we pray. What do we have in common? We are his children. We don't come to him and, and just say my father, but we say our father because we have something in common. He is our father. We are his children. So being his children, and we are directed by Jesus to call him our father in the plural sense. Perhaps Jesus is teaching us something here. Perhaps Jesus is teaching us that even in private prayer, even when we're by ourselves in prayer, we are to remember that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And that we ought to love one another with a pure heart. You see, uh, we are to pray not just for ourselves. Just because we're in praying in private doesn't mean we have to pray just for ourselves. We are to pray for others, especially for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? So that God may give them likewise the blessings requested in prayer. You know, we should not pray, Lord, just bless me, but not my brother. Give to me, but not them. Uh, those that should not be our prayers. You know, Our prayers must be reverent and unselfish using the words we, us, our. Our, prior, our prayers should not be full of just I, me, and mine the this doesn't mean now, don't misunderstand me. this doesn't mean that we should not pray for ourselves. It doesn't mean that we don't pray for our own needs because that would be wrong. That's not what I'm saying. but rather it's to remember it's not just about our needs. It's not just about us. it's not just about me. As we pray for our own needs, Jesus was that's what he's saying as we pray for our own needs, let us remember the needs of others. Our prayers should always include others. Perhaps maybe that's why uh, uh, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to Philippians in chapter 2, verse 4, he told them, each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. What was he saying? What's the Apostle Paul saying here? Do not be selfish. You see, selfish sometimes we think uh, it's only in, in, in not giving something to somebody that we have. But being selfish is also just thinking of yourself when you're praying and not praying for somebody else. Don't do not let your care and attention be wholly absorbed by your own concerns only or by the concerns of your family. It is the duty of every one of us to do this, not to be absorbed with this, you see. No one is at liberty to, to live for himself. That's not what God intended for us. Why? Because that's why God made us relational. It's, it's about others, it's not just about me, not just about I. You see, it's about others, we are relational, so we, all, we are supposed to pray for others as well. We are not, not supposed to disregard the wants of others. The meaning of this verse then here in Philippians is to break up the narrow spirit of selfishness. He doesn't want us to be selfish. He wants us to produce a benevolent regard for the happiness of others. We should want to see others happy, but it's it's so sad sometimes that a lot of believers get upset when somebody else is blessed and they're not. Instead of being happy for them, they get envious or jealous or upset. How come God bless them and not me? We should be happy and joyful. We should rejoice with those who rejoice, is what the Bible says. Cry with those who cry and, jo- and rejoice with those who rejoice. We have to learn to think of others. That's, and, and that's probably why Jesus was saying this in this in 6.11. Like I said, this is a pattern that Jesus was teaching the disciples. Give us just with those two words, he's already taught us so much, and there's so much more. But he said, but if you continue reading that little phrase, he said, give us today. And I like this part of that verse because he said, give us today. You see, Jesus lived in the now. Can you say that where you are? Jesus lived in the now. You see, why is that important? Because he lived in the today. It, 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 he was always present in the now in, the, in that same day and he demonstrated this truth while he was walking this earth when his in his earthly ministry he demonstrated that everything he did he did for that day don't leave for tomorrow what you can do today everything was for the day for today this this is one of the key things Jesus demonstrated When you that he demonstrated when you read the gospels, you're going to find this throughout the gospels. His life, Jesus demonstrated uh, the manifestation of immediate miracles and answers to prayer. Immediate, he lives in the now. Say that again. He lives in the now. You see, here in Matthew six eleven, Jesus is teaching us to expect something. What's he teaching us? He's expecting us to expect. He wants us, what he's teaching, he wants us to expect our daily bread on the same day that we ask for it. That's what he said, give us today. Today. He's teaching us, expect what you're praying for today to receive today. That's basically what he's saying. You see, and we see that through the life of Jesus. He was the perfect example. Whenever people reached out to Jesus, and we see throughout the Bible, the Gospels, that they were constantly reaching out to him for miracles. So when people reached out to Jesus for help with a need, he always provided for that specific need instantly. Jesus never told anyone uh, to wait for their need to be met in a month from now or two months from now. He didn't tell blind Bartimaeus okay what do you want you want to be healed okay good wait two or three months and then you'll receive your healing he he never told anybody that it was always instantly that day in the book of matthew chapter 8 verses 5 through 13 we won't read it but there's a story there about a, a roman centurion who came to jesus and he was asking for help because his servant was at home his servant Uh, was paralyzed and, and he was suffering, he was in terrible pain. So he came to Jesus asking Jesus to come and heal him, right? Jesus responded by saying, okay, I'll go with you and I'll go heal your servant. I'll go heal him. But the centurion, he replies to Jesus and he tells him, Lord, you know, I don't deserve for you to come under my roof. In fact, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Because he understood something, the centurion understood that Jesus was a person of authority. So he, he tells Jesus, look, uh, I myself, I'm a man under authority. What's he saying? Just like you, I know you have authority, I'm, under a, I'm a man under authority too. And I have soldiers that are under me, and just like you, Jesus, I'm, I'm sh- there's angels who are under you. you know, he tell, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and I tell that one, come, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. So, just speak the word, the centurion is telling you, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus was impressed with this man, his faith. And he tells him in verse 13, Matthew 8, 13, he says, Jesus said to the centurion, go. It will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed when? At that very hour. When was his servant healed? At that very hour. That result was an immediate miracle for his servant. That same hour, that same day. You see why? Because if if you look at what happened, this Roman centurion, he did exactly what we read earlier in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 21, where Jesus said, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you believe, The centurion believed something. What did he believe? He believed that if all Jesus did was speak the word, his servant would be healed. That's what he believed. That's what he asked for. What did he receive? The healing of his servant that same hour, that same day. That's why it's so important. What you you ask for, all you got to do is believe it. I understand, though, that there are waiting periods for certain things but our heavenly father doesn't want us suffering while we're waiting for our essential needs to be met he doesn't want you suffering to, you know suffering for the things that we need on a daily basis you see if it is something needed for you in order to live day by day then you should expect it in the day that you request it it we must come to the place of believing God for some same day miracles i say that again, you know, we have to come to the place where we're going to believe God for same-day miracles. We've got to stop saying someday this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I'm waiting. No, we've got to come to the place where we start believing him for the same day. Miracles. That's what what Jesus lived. Otherwise, you know, uh, Jesus should never have told us, pray, give us today our daily bread. Why would he tell us to pray that way if we can't have it that same day? He's specifically telling us today so that we could receive it today. See, uh, another good example of this is, a, is the story uh, of somebody being healed instantly the same days in the Gospel of Luke. We find the story of a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. She was sick with this issue of blood. And she finds out that Jesus is in the same town. So she goes wanting to meet Jesus to get healed. But there's a multitude. There's a crowd of people. Who are crowding Jesus? They're all over him. They, he he can—he's he, trying to make it through the crowd. But the, this woman says, "If I can just touch the hem of his garment, the border of his garment—if I can just touch that, I will be healed." Well, eventually, we read the story that she does. She makes her way through the crowd and she touches the hem of his garment, and immediately she gets healed. Jesus turns around and says, "Who touched me?" The disciples go, well, "What are you talking about, Jesus? What do you mean, who touched you?" You're in the middle of a crowd. Everybody's touching you. But Jesus says, no, somebody touched me and power came out. In other words, somebody activated something in me. Somebody had faith that drew something out of me. So uh, this woman in in, in verse um, 47, Luke 8, 47 The woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. You see, she told the whole story to Jesus, what had happened. She was instantly healed when? Instantly, right there, that same day. Why? Because she did the same thing that Matthew 7.21 says, if you will believe... If you will believe. She believed that if all she did was touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. That's where her faith was. That's what she believed for. That's what she was asking for. And what did she receive? Exactly what she believed and asked for. She received it that same day. Jesus lives in the now. She give us today our daily bread. Our daily bread give us today our daily bread the greek word translated daily occurs only in the lord's prayer it occurs here in matthew and also in luke 11:3, 3 uh, and it's not found anywhere else it's that this is the only place that you find this word daily when you said give us today our daily the rendering of the word daily represents then uh, for the coming day you, in other words Uh, You're praying in the morning, you say, Lord, give me for the coming day, for this day that I'm in. Give me for the day now beginning, daily. That's what you're saying. It, It is said to be daily bread for a reason. Daily bread is to be asked for day by day. Why is that important? This suggests the uncertainty of life. We don't know what tomorrow brings. And it also strikes at all the anxious and the in immoderate cares for tomorrow. You see, Jesus doesn't want us to be concerned about tomorrow, today. In a way, uh, this word daily, it's designed to restrain us from covetousness as well. And to help us keep up the duty of prayer. How can that be? Because if you're constantly needing something every day and you're asking every day, then what are you doing? You're keeping up the duty of prayer by asking every day. So Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he said, give us today our daily bread. It's so that we could have a constant dependence on God, whom we must every day ask to give us our daily bread. For Why? Because he's the possessor and the giver of all our mercies, which are all, all of them, are his free gifts to us. He doesn't charge us. We deserve nothing at his hand. We don't deserve anything. Nothing at his hands. And therefore, we ought to be thankful for what we have without complaining at his providence or envying at what he gives or bestows upon others. You see, we are dependent on God one day as much as another. I think it was the intention of Jesus that prayer should be done every day. That's why he said that. Give us today our daily bread. It was his intention. That's one of the things he was teaching them. Every day you need to do this. Every day you need to pray. Every day you need to ask. Every day you need to show your dependence on God. Every day you need to acknowledge where your blessings come from. That's what he's specifically saying. He says, our daily bread, that by bread is meant, what he was saying, uh, all that is necessary for life. All for the support of it. It is called ours. If you notice, he gives us today our daily bread. It's called ours not because we have a right to it, not because we deserve it, you know, much less, we don't deserve it. But to distinguish it from the things that do not belong to us. To distinguish it from that. And because it is what we need and cannot do without. Uh, What is appointed for us by God's care is ours by gift. It's given. It's possessed by labor. Given by God. So then the word bread here denotes everything necessary to sustain life. Perhaps that's why Jesus spoke of bread as something other than just food. Uh, if you remember uh, when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness for forty after forty days of fasting the devil came and tempts him to turn the stones into bread what does Jesus say in Matthew 4:4 he tells him, look it is written man does not live on bread alone but by what but by every word that comes from the mouth of God what was Jesus telling him you see God can support Life by other things than just bread. When, when Jesus said, gave us this prayer here, of uh, uh, give us today our daily bread, he wasn't talking about a loaf of bread. Come on. He wasn't talking about any kind of loaf of bread. At least not just that. He's talking about more than just bread, more than just food. Man is to live not by bread alone. Jesus said, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What Jesus was saying here is that it is not necessary, he was telling the devil, it's not necessary that I should have bread to the point of performing a miracle just to get it. Why? Because life depends on the will of God. See, he he can support it in other ways as well as by bread. The bread should be sufficient for our sustenance and support. It should be that which is efficient to our life or what will strengthen us from day to day. Daily bread, according to the Hebrew idiom, signifies the whole provision of the table, which here includes clothes, a roof over our heads, whatever it needs to survive for our survival from day to day. That's what our daily bread is. Everything necessary to life. Asking for provision is not about gratifying a selfish and luxurious appetite, but only the necessities of life from day to day, every day of our lives to the end there of a proper supply of food. The meaning is that God would give us for the present time, the food that we stand in need of that is suitable to us. That is to our nature, our state, our condition. And it's sufficient and convenient for us. In conclusion, I want to end with this. Just to let you know. He says, give us today. Our daily bread. It's such a small phrase. A petition, isn't it? It's so small. But yet, it is filled with so much revealed truth. Jesus was teaching us so much. Just in that little phrase. I want to let you know that. Jesus is teaching us that we can't have our prayers answered the same day that we ask. That's what, if it has to do with our daily bread, the things that we need for that day. I'm going to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If you're with your family, get together with your family, hold hands with your family, and we're going to pray. I want to pray for you that. From this day forward, a new faith will rise in you to where you will begin to believe God for same-day miracles, for same-day provision, for same-day answer to prayers. Where you no longer have to be waiting. If it's something that you need to survive, to live day by day, then believe for it that same day. I'm going to pray for you to be able to believe God for these things and begin to see these miracles begin to happen in your life and in your family. So wherever you are right now, if you're ready, allow me to pray for you. Just close your eyes, bow your head. Father, I come before you right now, Lord, and I wanna pray for all those who are hearing and listening to me right now. I pray for them, Lord. I pray that they receive sudden answers to their prayers. I ask that same-day miracles rest upon them today and that they enter the season when things that have taken days, weeks, months, even years will immediately begin to manifest on the same day they ask. I pray that they receive their daily bread today. I break the Power of every hindrance and blockage from the enemy in Jesus' name. I bind the power of every attack that would come to defeat their faith and confidence. I bind weariness of mind, of body, of soul, and instead I lose hope and renewal of zeal. I pray that a new season of open doors, of success, of blessings, favor, manifestations, opportunities, and increase comes upon them. I pray an end of decrease. And I call for same-day miracles and immediate answers to prayer to break forth on every side. Right now, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.